success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and they rarely talk about it because that's not what creates success. Join us here where we'll chat with serial entrepreneurs, both men and women, and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. We'll talk about the obstacles we faced and how to overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is She's Invincible. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on She's Invincible. And oh my gosh, do we have an invincible one to introduce you to today. Sierra Stockland has owned and operated businesses since her early teens. As a serial entrepreneur, her business mindset and tenacity led her to opening her first store in 2006, which she then franchised. Her vast experience in both retail and wholesale industries led her to launch the first to market wholesale subscription box for boutique retailers, which she built and sold within 18 months. Most recently, Sierra has launched the Inventory Genius. It's a coaching program for inventory-based business owners. She has twice had the opportunity to testify before two U.S. Senate committees regarding the joint employer standard for businesses and its effect on small businesses and franchises. Additionally, in 2015, she represented small businesses at a White House summit on worker voice and again in 2018 for a summit on economics. Sierra has been recognized as a small business champion through SCORE, has held a seat on the United States Chamber of Commerce Small Business Council, and is a profit first certified coach. Through her coaching program, Sierra strives to motivate business owners to build profitability and peace of mind into their business. In her free time, Sierra enjoys training for endurance races and most recently completed her fourth Ironman at the World Championships in Kona, Hawaii. She currently resides in Tennessee with her husband, Jim, and her great Pyrenees. Bentley, OMG, Sierra, welcome to She's Invincible. I am so excited to have you with us today. Thanks for introducing me. Isn't it crazy how we can take our entire life and put it in two paragraphs? Yes. And what's even crazier is that as I'm introducing you, I know you're thinking, who is she talking about? Is that me? Did I do all of that? Yes, girl, you're a rock star. Let's oh. go. I am so excited to share you and your journey and your expert zone of genius with our community today. So let's jump right in. Let's tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Oh my goodness. Well, I would say what makes me invincible is that I am always willing to get up and move forward. And that's probably how I got where I am today. So always looking for opportunities, looking to grow, looking to learn one step in front of the other all lifelong. I love it. All right. So tell us about that journey. So I'm a third generation entrepreneur. My dad and grandpa both own their own business. 
So I was always around small business conversation. I've always been the girl who had the garage sale, the lemonade stand. Um, I used to do little productions with the neighbor kids and sell tickets for 25 cents. Like I've always been looking for opportunities to fix things, change things, entertain people, sell. Um, And so it was just natural when I was 13, I was homeschooled. Um, I was complaining to my mom actually about not having opportunities um, to be in theater. And she said, well, if you want an opportunity, why don't you just make one for yourself? So I said, okay. Um, So I wrote a little production of Anne of Green Gables, wrote it out. I wish I still had it. I wrote it out in a pink notepad. And I invited a couple of friends to perform with me in the backyard. And that whole journey took off, um, ended up building a theater company for public, private, homeschool students, um, elementary, all the way up to college. We put on full length productions. By the end of that decade, um, I had a studio. We'd rent out the Fargo Theater. And that was really my first introduction to formal business and to selling, if you will. Um, I had some other businesses along the way, little things that I would make and take into boutiques. Um, taught myself Haitian Creole and was an interpreter in our city for the Haitian refugees. So I was always looking for like, I've always looked at like, where's the gap? Where are we missing helping people, serving people, offering an opportunity? And then how can I figure out how to fill it? So that's really what what prompted me then to open my first retail store in 2006. And, you know, it's history from there. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So how did you get from there to where you are today in your coaching? Yeah, you know, a lot of learning relationships. I think relationships are so underestimated in business and in life. Looking at people who have done things better, smarter, quicker, faster, wiser than you, asking questions. Um, And so opened that first store in 2006, wanted to build a brand, built it, grew it, franchised it ended up losing all of it, which we can talk about at some point here today. Um, And then had to look at, okay, now I've lost it all. Now what do I do? What's my purpose? I had relationships. I had knowledge in the retail industry and the wholesale industry. So I built a subscription box for boutique owners. Through that, started meeting people who were asking the questions I had the answers for. And honestly, I was very reluctant to help anyone. Because I had really been burnt when we lost everything. Um, I was really burnt and very hurt. And you just clam up. But I thought, okay, I can either help people and risk being hurt again. Or I can grow bitter all by myself, holding this knowledge to myself and not go anywhere in life. And I just didn't want that for myself. And so started slowly saying, yes, I'll help you. And sure, I can answer that question until I thought, you know what? this could be a formal business. I had no desire. I always thought coaches and consultants were kind of, you know, cheesy, (laughs) like really you get paid (laughs) to talk to people. I feel like that. Um, And so that's what I thought about it until I saw there is value in someone having information and helping you get to the front of the line and skipping all of the pitfalls. And so I just love what I do. And that's how I got here today. A lot of falling down, a lot of getting back up again. Uh, yes, yes, yes. That's our, that's our song, right? Yeah. Oh, so let's jump in to your topic today. 
which is all things numbers, which listen, you know a lot about this since you've been running these businesses for all these years. And so I'm excited to just dive into it. So tell us, what do we need to know? Well, you need to know your numbers. You know, if you're a business owner of any type, sort, size, you know, time in business, we underestimate the power of information. And as business owners, we're really good at selling typically, or we're good at our product creation. We're good at the, the art of the business. We're not often good at the science. And one of the reasons that I lost everything, or I should say one of the reasons that contributed to what happened, um, I had a mentor tell me as we were going through our trial um, as a family and as a business owner, she said, Sierra, bad things happen in life. A lot of times, it's what other people are doing to you. You can't control that outside circle, but you have to own the part that you have to own. And that was huge for me. And so the part that I had to own was I had been building a business off of top line revenue. Like I just want to be a million dollar business. I want to be a multi-million dollar business. I want money in, 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 right. I want the sales instead of looking at profit. And I didn't even know really how to look at the profitability. Um, and so knowing your numbers is key. Like what is important to your business? If you have any type of inventory, what are your margins? If you're a service-based business, what are the true costs of those services that you're, that you're offering? And it's really a simple math problem. It's, you know, does the top equal more than the bottom? Like, are we overspending? And if we're not, we need to fix that because who cares how much we make if we don't keep any of it? And so that's what I really love to emphasize to business owners. Know your numbers. Mm, I love that. So we're going to go deep in here. So there are many business owners that are in denial. And I don't mean the, the river in Egypt. I mean, they're in denial. They don't want to look at their numbers because yes. they're afraid, right? Yes. So they'd rather be in the dark and not know. So what kind of um, either tips or steps do you have or even words of wisdom, like stop living in the dark, right? Yeah. That Because that's more painful and you can't, you really can't get your steer your way out of it if you don't know where you are. So what yeah. are some of your tips for those people? Yeah, you know, I think first of all, it's just acknowledging where you are. So I like to talk about numbers like a puzzle. If we were going to put a puzzle together, we would dump it out on a table, right? And the first thing you do is you prop up the box so you can see the picture of what you want to create. Same thing with our numbers. Like, what are you trying to create? Do you want a business you can give to a fan, you know, hand down to family? Do you want to sell it? Do you want to grow a multiple brand business model? Like, what is your picture? And then we need to turn all those pieces upside down because they're every which direction. They don't make sense at all, right? So we flip them all over and we start to sort them out. And what do we always look for first? The corners, the straight edges, right? We build out the frame and then we start to put the pieces into the middle of the puzzle. So I think the same thing with our numbers. If we don't look at the big picture, and if we don't look at if our business numbers are right side up or upside down, if we don't look at it, we can never create the picture that we want to create. And so um, I always work with my clients and tell them, don't be embarrassed. There's no need to be shameful about, I'm not good at the numbers. I don't know them. I haven't looked at them. I'll talk to a lot of new clients and I'll say, do you get financials monthly? Yes, I do. What do you do with them? And it's quiet. And then they'll say, well, I just put them in a file on my desktop. I said, that's okay. That's okay. Let's start to look at them tomorrow, right? Let, let me teach you what to look for. And this doesn't mean that you have to become an accountant or a bookkeeper. 
or absolutely love it. It just means that you are the boss of your business. And so you more than anyone else have to know what's going on. And whether you look at that or not, it's still there. So if we have a lot of debt, if we're not making money, if we're shoveling cash into our business, we cannot look at it. And those are still the problems. Or we can look at it and say, okay, now I've identified, I've been honest. I'm going to flip these pieces over and I'm going to start to create a framework. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I have tons of questions. You're talking and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to say, ask her this or ask her that. So, okay. So you said, you know, you need to know what to look for. Um, And so one of my questions is where across the board, right? What is the common theme? Where is money wasted the most where you see people can do better? Yeah. Margin wasted in their margin. Yeah. So inventory-based business, we can go right to the margin. We typically inventory-based, product-based businesses understand like what that means. I can always find money in the margin. So the first thing I do is I'll say, okay, what are you selling something for? What did you pay for it? And they like to say, oh, I mark it up three times. I mark it up for, okay. But what's your actual margin? So after you've marked it down, after you've paid to open the doors for the day, like what's your gross margin? What's your true net profit? And the same goes for service-based businesses. They have margin as well, right? So instead of a cost of inventory, they're going to have a cost of their subs and contractors, right? So maybe it costs $100, they charge $100 and they have to have a subcontractor help them with a job. That's their cost of goods, right? So what's the difference? What's the margin? And so we always dive right into the margin. I can find money in the margin very quickly. That's where we (laughs) just let it. it go. We let it go. We don't pay attention to it. No, because we're focused, like you said, and like you were focused on the sales, not the profit, right? So we're like, as long as the sales are going up, we're feeling confident and secure. And then we get to the bottom and we're like, why are we broke, right? (laughs) Where's all the money? I always say that. I make so many sales, but I don't know where the money's going. And how's that possible, right? Like you see the money coming in and yet there's nothing. And so, and I think that's so frustrating. And I think that again, when people are in denial, they get in further in than they want to, and they stay there longer than they want to because they get so far in. So delegation, right? So there's operating costs. So what do you say about that? Like what, when someone is starting out in a business like this and, you know, they're focusing on equally, right? You you need to focus on both. They need to be intertwined uh, sales and profit. But where do you start delegating and how much of that do you delegate and how much yeah. of that are you considering within that margin? Yeah. So I get asked this question a lot, this specific question. What's the percentage I should be spending on marketing? And I say. I don't run my business framework and help my clients with any percentages because it's not about, well, it should always be between 10 and 12% or payroll should always be at 20%. It depends on the business model. It depends on the margin. It depends on the other costs. So the same thing when it comes to delegating, I like to look at the ROI on everything. So we think a lot of times about return on investment on marketing. We hear that, right? Because you run Facebook ads and we can look at the ROI and the ROAS and all those fancy little terms, right? Mm -hmm. But ROI should be looked at for everything in our business. I'll give you an example. So this week I was working with a client. She's a phenomenal business owner and she just needs to fine tune her money. She needs to keep more of her money. And so we're looking at all of the financial pieces of her business. And she said, Sierra, 
right now I have a Shopify app. It's X amount of dollars a month. I have to do a lot of manual things with it, though, because it doesn't serve me in every area. I'd like to upgrade, but the upgrade is triple the cost every month. Should I do that? How do I know if I can afford it? And so part of my framework is like, let's plug it into the budget and take a look. But then I said also, okay, how many hours are you spending a month doing that manual work? And she said four. And I said, okay, so if you had those four hours back, could you make this difference in what the the app you're using now is and what the app would be? Can you make that difference? Oh, absolutely. Well, there's your answer. Okay. So yes, we're going to upgrade and it's going to be three times the cost, but I'm going to have four hours as the president of my business back in my day. And I can do really high level tasks. And so I think the same thing with delegating when we're looking to hire like 1099 contractor help or looking to bring in a new employee where, you know, they can do admin things. Think about the time you're spending, what you'd save. If you could move that time over, what's the return on that investment? And then there's your answer. Yes or no. Should we do it or should we not? I love that. That's so good. So good. So, you know, right, we all know as entrepreneurs that in the beginning, there's not a lot of cash and we're doing all the things. What would you say is the most first, most important thing to delegate of all the things that we do as a brand new entrepreneur? Our bookkeeping. (laughs) Absolutely. Our bookkeeping. I have yet to meet an entrepreneur that's like, this is my jam. I am so good at this. I absolutely love it. I was wired for this. No, we rarely are. So what we're good at is creating our products, selling our products. Usually we're good at marketing. Those are the things we're good at. So the first thing we need to delegate is our bookkeeping. Get someone that loves bookkeeping, that is very particular, that can get it done on time. Get that person in. And you know what's funny? That is usually the last thing any entrepreneur wants to spend money on because of how I could do QuickBooks. I mean, I did this. I Everything I tell you today, I made the mistake, okay? So I remember where I was behind the counter of my store. I don't want to spend $100 a month on a bookkeeper. I'll just learn QuickBooks. Okay, but Sierra, you are an amazing... I was such a good buyer. I could see value in anything. I could sell to an Eskimo ice, to an Eskimo, right? <laughs> so why would I... Why would I trouble myself with trying to figure out bookkeeping when for $100 a month, I could delegate it and get accurate books? Okay. So first, first thing everybody needs to delegate. This is so good. I'm actually in that place right now. So, and I've already lined up uh, an accounting company to take over for January. But I, I taught myself QuickBooks and I'm not good. And I love what you said in the beginning about being good at art and not science. Like we need to follow that theme and look at these different things and say, what am I good at? Like you said, I could sell snow to an Eskimo or ice to an Eskimo. Yes. Like, you know, that's your sweet spot and that's where you're the most valuable in your organization. Right. So, and these other things, like you said, people, other people could do it so much faster on time, more accurate, and maybe see the blind spots. So I love that so much. Any other tips you have on this topic? I know you wrote an entire book about it and you're yeah. teaching entrepreneurs this as well. So what what other things should we really make aware to them today? Yeah. So I think when we talk about numbers, Every entrepreneur, every business owner needs to understand how financials work. So I'm going to give you a super brief overview. Because when you know you say financials, eyes glaze over, I've tried, I don't understand. But I break it down, make it really easy. Okay. So we have two pieces in the financial set. You have a balance sheet and you have a profit and loss. The profit and loss is a rear view mirror. 
It only ever tells you what's already happened. It tells you what has sold in your business and it tells you what it costs to run the business. That's it. So it's really important, but you're always looking behind you. And so you have to also look at the balance sheet. So the balance sheet is going to have your assets on the top, meaning anything that's cash or you could turn into cash and your liabilities on the bottom of the paper. And the liabilities is what you owe other people. So a balance sheet is going to give you the health of your business in a quick glance. So you can look at your balance sheet and say, what do I own or what could I turn into cash and what do I owe other people? And then the profit and loss tells me, how is the business doing? And so if you can just understand those two financials and quickly glance through them every month, you'll be in such a better place to make really good decisions um, in your business. I love that. Now I'm going to go one step deeper. And that is, how do you recommend the people that you're working with to pay themselves as, as you know, generating that income? I mean, the business income is really a separate entity. And now you're really working for the business, right? Yeah. Uh, but you're the owner of it too. So like, you feel like you should get a bigger cut. Like, so what is your recommendation for the business owner to pay themselves? Well, first I'd say it's an absolute fallacy. I do not know where this came from that number one, you cannot be profitable for five years. And number two, you'll never pay yourself consistently. That is just not true. That's a lie that entrepreneurs have bought into. And we need to stop thinking that way. Because if you think that way, of course, that's what you're going to do. And you're just going to let those excuses fly. Well, I'm not going to be profitable. I'm supposed to lose money. I don't pay myself. Stop. Okay. At one point in my business journey, I had 12 full-time employees who got a consistent paycheck that I never missed. And I was not paying myself. How ridiculous is that? I had a million dollar business and I didn't take a consistent paycheck. What's the point? So as a business owner, you need to, from the start, take a consistent paycheck, even if that means $50 a week. Set yourself a budget of what the business can afford in the framework that I work through with my clients. We start with what are our sales goals? What's our margin? What does it cost? What is our profit? And then how do I fit into that? And you build a business that can pay you. Like that's the point of it. And you build around that instead of building around top line revenue. What do I need to do in the business to make sure I get my $50 a week? And then I can bump it up to $250. And now I can be at a thousand, right? So you start small, you be consistent, and you just you do it. Like we have employees and we never jip them of their paychecks ever. Why do we think I'll just skip my week? I'll just skip it this week. You know why? I don't know. And it sounds great that you're eight figure business owner. And meanwhile, you're broke, right? Like what happens? I have seen so many times when the going gets tough, those people give up their dream because they're not, they're not being compensated. So now they've been working for free to build this empire that they're paying everyone else and they're living a great lifestyle and the owner is struggling. So, so unfair. And they're the ones working the hardest most of the time, at least in the beginning. So I love that. Is there like a max out point? Like, um, is that, and I know you don't like to do percentages, but is there a, a point where the business owners could take too much of it? Like what is a really safety zone in percentages? Yeah. I mean, I think there absolutely is. I rarely see this happen. Usually it's someone doesn't pay themselves, but once in a while I'll get a new client where we're actually being a little greedy and we're starving our business a bit. And we need to give the business a little bit more breathing room, hire some more help or use it for marketing spend. So if you follow like the profit first method, they talk about 30 to 50% of your real revenue, which is essentially your gross margin 
30 to 50%, depending on the size of your business is where you should be salary wise. So if you really want like a percentage, just because you're a planner and you want to pencil it out, that would be what the profit first method. Um, and that really works well. Um, you know, start on the low end and then work your way up. And if you feel like, oh, geez, I'm, you know, I'm taking more than 50% of my gross margin, then we might need to back off a little bit and like reinvest that money a bit more into the business. Yes, because that number is it gets bigger, your percentage gets bigger, right? right. So otherwise, right. if you're just taking it, it's not really being invested. I love that. That's amazing. All right. Where can people find more information about Profit First? Because I know that you have that in your bio and that you're certified in that area and can teach it. Uh, is it through you or is that I think, isn't there a book? Yeah, the Profit First book. Um, there's a Profit First website. There's so many free resources there. Um, that are available to people. So I would just look up ProfitFirst.com, um, Profit First Professionals. They have a, a podcast. They have um, just a lot of free opportunities for people to learn. Um, the founders really want to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. That is their goal. So um, there's lots of resources that people can dig into. I love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. So before we move on, you just must share with us a little bit about all of this political uh, events and, and appearances that you have made. Uh, first, congratulations. That is amazing. What, um, just to put that in your bio and have that experience where you can contribute your expertise and knowledge to actually make a difference, right? Yeah. Like we're all living the life and, and building businesses, but you're actually in Washington, you know, giving your opinion and facts and making a difference in, you know, some of the decisions that are made and things like that. So you're really influencing them. And I love that. So share with us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, that was such an awesome season of life. It was such a great chapter. And I can't wait for that opportunity to come again when it's right for me. Um, I just think as small business owners, we have to tell our story. We live in our small business bubble all the time. We eat, breathe, sleep it. You know, we're around it. We think about it all the time. And we don't realize that people that have never been in a small business family or have never been small business owners themselves, they do not understand what it is like to write the, you know, your name to sign the paycheck. They just don't understand it. And it sometimes it's just because no one has shared it with them. And so when I had the opportunity to go to Washington and just tell my story, it was so interesting. Now, there were people who didn't care and didn't listen and were quite rude, right? Okay, they're great. still there. Yeah, whatever. You know, I guess that's your prerogative. But there were people who said, you know what? I never thought of it that way. I've never heard that before. I was sitting in a meeting and this was on, um, I think this was on the joint employer standard or it was labor costs, I think, that I was testifying on. Um, and they were talking about raising the minimum wage and kind of talking through it from an economic standpoint. And they said, you know, we just want to do this blanket raise, whatever they were talking about at the moment. You know, things always change. Um, and I said, OK, I'm at the time I lived in North Dakota. I said, I'm in North Dakota. And you want to equalize what I'm going to do in my business with people in New York. We're very different cultures. We have very different costs of living. We have very different climates. Everything is different. What our consumers want is different. And so we have to look at each individual community and listen to the small business owners in that community and the employees in that community and not just blanket it. And so um, that particular congressman was just so appreciative because they had never thought about it that way, right? 
they live in their bubble, right? We live in our bubble. Everybody lives in their bubble. And so just this, this seems like on paper, this makes sense. And it seems like the kind and generous thing to do. However, if we take all of these pieces into perspective, we might do it a little differently. And so I think just getting out and telling our story is so important. And people say to me, well, I could never do that. I don't like being in public. I don't, but you can, you can always tell your story, tell your story to the neighbor at the coffee shop, you know, get involved in your community at some level, volunteer and tell your story. Just say like, here's where I am. Here's what I'm working on. Here's what I love about the community. And that just is so powerful. We're not preaching change. We're just, here's, here's my point of view and here's why. I love that. So um, uh, just a question around that. Did you, what inspired that? Did you go at, reach out to them or did they reach out to you based on your success? Yeah. So I was really involved in the International Franchise Association when I franchised. Um, and so they started reaching out and asking like, hey, Sierra, would you be willing to come and testify? Could we send you on behalf of us to the White House? Um, and then the Chamber of Commerce, same thing, being involved in the U.S. Chamber on that um, Small Business Council. I think with that, um, it started, I first won an award, a national award. Um, and then after that, they asked, would you be willing to, they sent me to the White House at one point too. So would you be willing to go on behalf of small business? So they'd ask and I'd say, sure, you know, and I had no experience, but why not try it? Right? Like, okay, tell me what to do and how to do it and give me a little background on what I'm getting involved in and I will try my very best. I love it. That is amazing. Oh my gosh. And I would love to hear more about that at another time, but so amazing. So, and I just want to thank you on behalf of all of us oh, for thanks. being a voice, right? For being a voice for business owners all out, uh, you know, throughout the nation. And um, we need more of that. We need more voice because there's a bunch of people, just like you said, I mean, you, some people can't afford to breathe in New York city, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I totally get what you're saying. You know, the, everything costs more. Like I yeah. take the train there and like, you know, burgers are 25 bucks. I right? know. Yeah. Like it's true. And it is, you can't really do that across the board. And I think we right. made that mistake. Uh, not to get too political, but I think during the pandemic, we made that mistake when we yeah. gave away all that money to all those people uh, in everywhere across the world. And I think that we could have considered a little bit more about what you're saying here. Like, yeah, how I, mean, much I think do with everything, yeah, yeah, with, you know, our parenting and our friendships, every person is so different. Every story is so individual. You know, I teach financial principles. But every client is different. Like their dreams are different. Their goals are different. Their background's different. The mess that they're in is different. And I can't just blanket my approach. Now I can use some of the same principles because they work, but I have to approach each client in a different way. And I think our um, leaders would do well to think about things that way as well. I agree 100%. 100%. And I love that you do that and you work with your clients that way. And I'm a positive that that's where the success comes from in your transformation with your clients, because you aren't just blanketing them across the board and you really yeah. are digging in and getting personal and individual uh, in exactly what they do. Well, this is amazing. So let's talk about your book. Yes. Inventory yes. Genius. Love it. I have yes. a copy on my, on my, um, on my desk at all times, of course, with my, notes in it. Um, but yeah, inventory genius, it's just a super simple read. It's like two hour read. I wanted to make it nice and simple, short, like everything short, short and sweet to the point that I do. Cause we all have a lot going on in life. Um, but I really take the framework that I teach 
put it into the book. And then within that framework, scatter in my crazy story, my losses, my wins, and then the amazing stories of my clients who have taken the inventory genius framework and have applied it and have done the work. Um, I just intersperse that because I think, you know, we go on socials or we go to a convention, right? And we see the person on the stage or we see the high light reel and we think, oh, that's so nice. Must be nice to be them. But we don't ever see like the struggle, the stress, the strain that people go through. And I wanted this book to be practical, bite-sized, actionable steps, real, but yet very encouraging. So that's what it is. I love it. So the link is in the show notes. For those of you listening, just click the link. It will take you right to the book. Uh, I love that inventory genius. Uh, Lots of wisdom from Sierra. So thank you for that, Sierra. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you. Yes, sierrastockland.com. Perfect. And the link again is in the show notes. So if you're running, if you're you're practicing for your Ironman, <laughs> right? Like Sierra, and you can't write that down, just go back and click the link and we'll, it'll get you to everywhere you need to be to get the book, find out about her programs and reach her directly. So thank Perfect. you so much. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly, I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's gonna happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster, and you wanna come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're gonna have experts there that are gonna be sharing their genius. It's gonna be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you wanna come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org.
Sierra on She's Invincible. We promise our listeners that we're going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs and we're going to spotlight their expert zone of genius. And you have done that so well. We really went deep today. And yes, we did. And that is always my intention. I find, and this is for myself, that so much of my life, I skim the surface and all of a sudden I started digging deeper and learning so much more, so much faster. And so I love to bring that to our community. So thank you for following with me and, you know, just sticking with that. And I love everything that you said and in a hundred percent agreement with all of your tips and uh, just your opinions and all of the things. But we're not done because we also promised them that while we are spotlighting you, this amazing, brilliant, fierce entrepreneur, that we never want them to say she's so lucky. Look at her, right? She's an Iron Man. She's so fit. She's so lucky. She's teaching finance. She's successful. We want to pull back the curtain and we want to encourage our community to say, you know what? You might want the life I live today, but are you willing to pay the price I paid to live this life, right? Too many times people see that highlight reel and they want your life, but they don't want to pay the price. So we're about to tell a few stories so they can see that success is not easy and that you do have to be committed to overcome the obstacles and get back up every single time you go down. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ah, yes, this is my favorite part. Let's do it. Tell us a story about the good or the greatest part of your journey so far. Yeah, you know, I think the greatest part is just really where I'm sitting today. I love this decade of life. I had a friend as I was going to hit the 40 mile mark, the 40, 40 mile, the 40 year milestone, um, 40 miles too. And I said, you know, I'm really excited. I think 40 year 40 is going to be my best year. And she said, Sierra, this decade is going to be your best decade. I remember where I was standing when she told me that. And it is so true. I just love the freedom I have right now. I love the clients that I have. I love the freedom I have to choose the clients that I want to have. Um, I love where my kids are at. They're both adults. We have great relationships. My husband and I have an amazing marriage. I love living in Tennessee. I love being able to train 20 hours a week for Ironman because I can. I love being able to do amazing things with my body at this age. It's just awesome. But I was talking to one of my clients the other day. And she was really struggling with time in her business. So she's a fairly new business owner. And I was asking her, you know, how much of the time are you in your business? How much are you delegating or giving over to employees that are not doing the best job? And she told me, you know, I'm a business owner, though. I shouldn't have to be there Saturday. I shouldn't have to be there on the weekends. And I said, you have not earned that right yet. Okay. So if we want to get to the spot where we do have the freedom to say yes and no, we have to earn the right to get there. When I was young and I had my store, my kids were little, I worked every Saturday. I was there early. I was there late. I put in the work. When it didn't work out and I lost everything, I was the one that rebuilt it. I didn't expect someone else to rebuild my life for me, right? Um, And so now because of that, I have the right to have the good right now and the best. And I love it. I love it too. And I love, I'm going to take you back to what you said about the puzzle, because that is such a powerful visual. 
um, of really how do we approach puzzles and how we don't ever approach anything else that way. Yeah, that reminds me of that. As you say to this woman, you have not yet earned that life, right? Yeah. Like you've got to sit there with the puzzle for a while. Yes. 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 It can be frustrating and we can count, you know, I can't find this missing piece. And what do I do? And we can walk away and assume someone else will create it for us. Or we can just sit there and figure it out. We can ask people to come to the table and help us put the puzzle together. But we have to do the work if we want that finished product. I love it. I love it. I love it. The whole thing with the box and the picture, like, oh, how how much clarity could you have to sit down and create a puzzle, a lid to your box, right? And yeah. have all those details and then live it out as you put it together. Amazing. So yeah. I love that you said that. And that's probably one of my favorite lines. <laughs> You've not yet heard that. <laughs> I can be pretty blunt with my client. I can smile and I love them. I love them. And I think I hope that they know that. But it is my job to also be honest. Because yes. a lot of times we don't have people in our life who are honest. And we need people that can say, I appreciate what you're saying. But no. <laughs> so that's what I do. Sometimes I, say, I love it. No. You're that's amazing. All right. And that was fun. But guess what? We got to go to the bad. So we're going to save the ugly for last, but share a story with us about the bad part of the journey. Yeah. So I think the bad part of the journey for me was really that period of time when I built my biggest business to date, the franchise business, and I was doing so much work. And I was, I've never been lazy. I'm always willing to get in and get my hands dirty. I will do the work but I was doing all the wrong work and I didn't know it. And so just the wrong work over and over and over is overwhelming. It's exhausting. It doesn't produce the results we want. It's confusing. And so that was really hard. That was a really hard time. Um, Now I'm glad that I went through that. And then I had people that could be clear with me as I hope I'm clear with my clients now to help me understand what that right work was. But that was really hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and sometimes people think if it's not working, just do more of it. But if it's not the right thing, it doesn't matter how much more you do. It's not going to work. Right. Yeah. And I think we get caught up in that. There's a fine line. Mm, Well, I've been there, too. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I'm part of this Me Too movement. Okay, so now we're going to go to the ugly. Everyone has an ugly part of their journey. And uh, we're excited to hear what yours was. Yeah. So in my book, I title this chapter Tissues and Tums. I was sitting in the back room, closing my last store, flagship store. I was by myself, looked around at the mess I had, you know, files. I was just throwing stuff in the dumpster, hardly anything left. And I had a mouse pad on my desk with my logo, my brand logo on it. And then right in front of it, I had a bottle of Tums and a bunch of crumpled up tissues. And I took a picture of that and thank the Lord I have that because I just think those things are good for us to remember. But I remember looking at that and saying, what on earth? Like, is this what it's reduced to? A bottle of Tums, an ulcer. I had an ulcer because it was so stressful. Tissues because I can't stop crying. And this horrible brand that I hate that has ruined my life. That was one of my ugliest moments. Oh, oh, how do you have there are people that are there right now. So they're listening and they're right there with the tissues and the Tums and all of the things. What would you say was the thing that really shook you out of that, that helped you to just get back up and keep moving? You know, this is going to be really deep. Okay. That's okay. We'd so like to. I 
honestly believe it's the preparation that I had done before that moment. Because in life, we are all going to have horrible moments in relationships, in business, in our day, in the race that we're running, right? But it's the preparation that we do ahead of time. It's the relationships we build when we don't have a storm in our life. It's the resiliency we built, the things, the choices we make when we aren't in the middle of a pit that are going to get us through. And so I think I had built, even though at the moment I was very weak emotionally and physically as well, I had built some files. So as I've been training for Ironman, open water swimming is the hardest thing. So you're open water swimming, you swim in lakes, oceans. And for me and many people, that's the hardest part, right? And so I knew that going into my first Ironman, that would be the most difficult part. And a lot of people panic and they give up on their race. So they've trained and then they get in the open water, they give up, they get out. Of course, I didn't want that to happen. So I kept training and there would be times when I panic, but I'd say, okay, today I'm going to swim all by myself in the lake for, you know, 10 minutes and I'm not going to touch the bottom. Okay. Now today I'm going to swim and you just keep building. My coach said, Sierra, every time you have a small win like that, you're putting a file in your mind. So when you come to that day and you start to panic in the water, you can say, okay, I'm going to let my mind throw this little temper tantrum. But now Sierra, remember that day when you X, Y, Z, Sierra, remember that time when you did this and you have those files to draw on. And so I think in my business, because I had kept getting up when it wasn't really, really difficult, when I had kept asking questions, when I didn't really need to. I had trained those muscles to say, okay, I'm going to cry here. Like, this is hard. I'm not denying that, but I know how to get up and I know how to keep moving forward, you know? And so just like in a race, when you're like, I know how to finish this 12 hour day because I've done so many training exercises, we can do that in our, in our life and with our relationships too. That is amazing. Amazing. That is such great advice. And just a tool, right? For the, yeah. for the toolbox. And yeah. I love that. And I think we're always having those moments, but we're not, we don't have the clarity around it to like yeah. file it and go back to it. Right. Yeah. Then we get nervous and afraid and we, we get lost in all of what we know, right. It's not yeah. organized. I love how you said that. Like you're just depositing it. You're filing yeah. it in this place that you can go back to later and pick it back yeah. up. And, and you know, my coach, when we were in Kona just recently, she would keep saying this to us in our workouts. So we'd have a really long bike ride, like a six hour training session in the heat this summer, you know, in the hills. And every time we finished, she said another deposit in the bank of Kona. Like she kept saying that. I'm going to cry. Um, so on race day, she, you know, the day before race day. So she's doing her debrief with all of her athletes. And she's like, tomorrow, tomorrow, you get to cash in all those deposits. That is amazing. And that's why I had an amazing day because my bank was so full. And I think, you know, as entrepreneurs and as women, as moms, as friends, like we have to fill our bank when we don't feel like it. We have to fill our bank when we don't feel like we need it because those times come where we are like, we got to cash in and you have to have something to cash in. And so, I just encourage so many entrepreneurs, like, again, we get in our bubble of, I don't have time for relationships. I don't have time for friendships. I don't have time for community. I don't have time to learn. I don't need to learn. I know you do need all those things, 
when you don't feel like it, because there will come a time when you absolutely have to have it. And if you haven't built your bank, you will be screwed. Let's just leave it at that. (laughs) And there's the mic drop. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. You, there comes a day you need to cash that check, right? Yeah. And that the, the, the stuff better be in there to cover it. And I love that. And I love, I love to see like the impact that this has on you because when you can see how the impact is on the coach, then you know the transformation on the clients, right? You know, you can count on that. And I love that. Sierra, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing yeah. today. For Thanks for giving... letting me cry on your podcast. I mean, you know. <laughs> I know when you go. said we were going to go deep, but you know what? That's the, again, <laughs> we're not skimming the surface here. I think the deeper we go and the more authentic we are, the more we serve the people that listen to us. Yeah. They need that. Like you just inspired someone to get back up because they they hear about you being in the best decade of your life, right? And here you're still brought to your knees in the in the reflection um, yeah. and in in those moments and that is so valuable. And, you know, when you were going through those tough times, you know, no one wishes that on anyone. But would you agree that they were the things, those hard times, the tissues and the tums were what made you who you yes. are today? That that yeah. if you hadn't been there in that bathroom with that crappy brand and all those things, would you be where you are in the best decade of your life right now? I don't think so. And I think what it gave me was empathy. I know what it feels like to not make payroll. I know what it feels like to have my husband used to cash his check. We would deposit it in my business so we could pay people's payroll. Like you can't get much lower than that. You know, we lost our home. I know what it feels like to be at the bottom, but I also know what it feels like to get to the top. And so I, yeah, I mean, that's what creates the empathy that I have. So I'm not just teaching a PL, I'm teaching what a PL can do for you. And I want every client to like have that power and to feel like they are the boss of their business. And so absolutely would not trade it. It is part of my story. It's how God designed my story. I know that. And I'm very happy to own it. Mm, and I love that. And I would love to learn from a mentor like you who has seen both sides. Because there is not empathy when there's just success and that you can't really get in the the trenches with someone and throw your arm around their shoulder and say, come on. I know. I know I was there. We can do it. It's okay. We can do it. Yes. And and I I am with you, right? Like you're not alone. Like we're going to do this and we're going to do it together. And I love that. And I would say your clients are the luckiest people in the world to have someone like you, who has seen it and done it all. And you're here to tell the story and help the others come. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. You guys reach out to Sierra, click the link in the show notes, get that book in your hands. Let's go. 2024 is coming quick and you should get yourself set up for an amazing new year and next decade for your life too. Remember, no matter where you are, I have no clue uh, if you're face down on the ground in your life or your business, you've got to get back up. You just have to get back up. 
You can do anything. You are invincible. Thank you for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show, submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. If you would like to chat to see if you can attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting, please book a free call with me at camilehman.com. I can't wait to meet you.